Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for joining us. The segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. It is the ultimate video training for commercial agents. Do check it out at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we have a special show for you today. Of course, we've been doing a lot of coverage on the impact uh, of the coronavirus. And one of the, and we do a lot of annual shows. There are updates on the market uh, and forecasts of, of the market. And one of those forecasts that's very respected that uh, comes out every year is uh, Expectations and Market Realities Outlook report from Deloitte, NER, and Citus. And uh, it's a great report. And uh, I have the uh, main guy here with us, uh, Matt Kimmel. He is U.S. and Global Real Estate Advisory Leader with Deloitte, and he's joining us uh, on video. Matt, thank you for being with us. Hey, Michael, thank you for having me on your show. Well, Matt, you know, you guys uh, just put out this report uh, fairly recently, right? Tell us a little bit about the report, and it's kind of interesting how recent it was, and then kind of where we are today and what's going on. It's March 26th now, as we record and splash this show today, uh, and how things have changed, and then, and then how things maybe could be sort of similar to what they were. Uh, tell us about the report. Yeah, so let me give you a little background and, and uh, some details about the expectation of market realities in real estate 2020 uh, report. Uh, interestingly enough, we go through a whole process, Michael, to select the theme or the title for the report. We selected Forging Ahead. Um, when we selected that title, um, we didn't know that we'd be forging ahead quite in the same fashion today yeah. on March 26th as we did when we selected that title in January. But this is a collaboration. It's the 10th year we put uh, this report together between Deloitte, National Association of Realtors, and CITUS uh, RERC. And significant amount of quality data goes into it along with the uh, the amount of effort from the highest levels all the way to our analysts to create this report. And I'd, I'd like to, to mention to your audience that you can go, go to Deloitte.com. You can find the report under financial services, under real estate sector. Um, and it, it is, a, it is a, a rich with data, uh, graphs, charts, other information that really gives you a good sense of where the market is and where it might be going um, at the time we, we wrote the report. In addition to that, we, we, um, when we release the report in typically mid-February, we do it in conjunction with a, a webcast, which we call Debrief Series. And we have thousands of attendees uh, attend it, um, and we present the content, the highlights of the contents of the report. But one unique thing we've done, Michael, that I, I think has been really interesting and different than perhaps other uh, perspectives on commercial real estate is um, we, we ask five questions to the audience. These audi uh, that audience is C-suite all the way to, to analysts and everybody in between different real estate uh, positions at different companies as to what their view are on a handful of key points. And so we've, we've accumulated these perspectives of our audience over the last um, five years or 10 years. And it's really interesting to see where they are sort of market makers in some cases where they think things are going. So it's a unique attribute of this report. Yeah. And one of the things you do is kind of look at each sector, right? And look at the performance of each sector and kind of 
update where they were at the end of the, I guess, that year, and then kind of what you guys expect moving forward. And, you know, I guess, tell us, does that have some relation now they were at March 26th in the middle of Corona time? Does that have some relation to what you expect that could happen um, after we get through this pause, if you will? Yeah, we, we, we think it serves as a good backdrop or a foundation as to where we were as you think about this unique, highly unique, unprecedented time we find ourselves in. So you know, if you look back to the, to the general condition of the markets, although long into the real estate cycle, and Michael, you've been in this business long enough, we, we go through cycles, we're long since the last great recession, we're long into it. But it, it, it had appearance as if it was going to continue with you know, strong consumer spending. We had uh, a fair amount of job creation that was in place, two plus million new jobs created, low unemployment, low interest rates, 40-year low coming uh, uh, in regards to interest rates. Home sales were on the rise. Home pricing was strong. You know, the consumer price index was in check. And uh, we had a pretty solid... Uh, expectation as to what the gen, uh, GDP would be coming into 2020. Um, so it's 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 different now than it was uh, because of the um, COVID-19. But but yet we do think it serves as a as a solid backdrop as to where things may end up um, towards the end of the this event. Yeah, and what about commercial real estate um, expectations? from investors, from the capital side, uh, after we get through, I'm, I'm calling it Corona time. That's <laughs> my own kind of name here. After we get through Corona time, because uh, maybe you want to have a Corona beer uh, during this time, I don't know. Um, but you know, Corona beer sales are down, which is weird. But at any rate, um, uh, is commercial real estate and, and U.S. commercial real estate, might it be considered a, a kind of a safe asset uh, to for investors around the world, around the country, after we get through this mess? Yeah, so when, when you look at the various property types and sectors, some were performing stronger than others, and some will continue to probably behave differently coming up through this time. But, you know, going into COVID-19, we had, you know, a significant amount of attraction of capital to commercial real estate. Um, there was a lot of dry powder on the, the sidelines, really waiting and selecting where they wanted to, to go with their investments. Um, and, and I suspect once this sorts itself out, um, you know, there's still going to be plenty of traction of capital for commercial, commercial real estate. Yeah, we're, we're already seeing it here. Again, it's, it's March 26th. And we're already getting to lots of calls from from investors and buyers that are telling us, "Look, we're still active. We just took out a forty-six million dollar portfolio of medical office, and we've got I think twenty-eight signed confidentiality agreements of people underwriting it." So I think, yeah, I think capital's out there. But uh, as you mentioned, I guess it could be different for, for different sectors. So based on your report that you put out and, and your forecast for for sectors, could you talk briefly uh, about some of the sectors? And I guess the hardest hit is hotel. If you want to start there, kind of what your forecast was and what do you think the realities are now as far as we know today? 
Yeah, so, so when you look across the five property sectors and, and we go into depth in our report on each of these and, and it, they're led primarily by multifamily and industrial were the sort of darling sectors. And, and when you look at um, just the volume of transactions in, in those two spaces, um, they're, they're up. Pricing was up significantly. Um, you know, you just look at the pricing on industrial alone, it was up 16%, apartments were up 8%. Although hotels, which you uh, mentioned was off about 8% coming into this year and a little bit um, flatter growth projections uh, in the hospitality segment compared to um, retail and industrial. Um, apartments though um, has, has always been sort of a, the last, several years been a darling property type. It's uh, the cap rates have been relatively stable. Vacancy has been at about four and a half percent. Rent growth has been solid and we're seeing some very strong submarkets. Matter of fact, down in your part of the, the country, um, Michael, uh, that seem to have the highest submarket growth rent prospects, whether it's you know, Raleigh-Durham or uh, Charlotte, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, followed by you know Phoenix, Denver, Chicago. So there's there's some real pockets of strength uh, in some of these sectors. Uh, but hospitality and retail are probably the two sectors that seem to be uh, more impacted because of of this uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, is being interesting to come out of this as well is. And how does it change consumer trends and how does it change trends for uh, office use and that sort of thing? Um, um, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're all doing more of today is, is we're, we're buying out the grocery stores, right? And sometimes we're going into these stores, but do you see any uh, trends that could evolve uh, from the, what I'm calling Corona time uh, in the grocery world? Well, to use your term Corona time, uh, you, you see, you know, retail is a little more challenged in some regards, but when it comes to certain parts of retail, um, they're, they're really thriving. Matter of fact, grocery anchored properties or grocery stores in general, uh, pharmaceutical uh, grocery, you know, drug stores, so on and so forth are driving probably greater volume than they have in the past. Much of that might be driven towards uh, and buy you know, this the, the panic type uh, purchasing that consumers are going through. So we we find ourselves uh, dramatically affected by just people's daily lives and how they're going about responding to Corona time, as you call it. Um, and that will translate into some temporary changes in how properties are viewed, commercial real estate properties are viewed, and then some maybe even permanent, um, particularly when it relates to office properties and when you talk about retail and grocery so might this put a more of emphasis on the value of uh, type uh, grocery anchor type centers is that one of the trends that could come out of it or? Uh, it could you know uh, that may be one of the the trends um, clearly the fact that I just given shelter at home is in place in many states around the country um, people are ordering um, groceries from their homes. Um, and so some of that trend may become more permanent. Um, and so, you know, how you site, locate a grocery store and, and 
the productivity and the, just the how people would view the value of that going forward may change simply because of that uh, you know behavioral change. And I assume that uh, the trends could be favorable then for the future uh, of industrial real estate with more people uh, maybe trending to buy online. Well, when you look at industrial and going back to our report, and if you were to to look at the specifics, I talked a little bit about the just the pricing and the volume, but um, in the report, a real estate research corporation actually um, does estimate what the outlook is in terms of total return, Michael, for each of the property sectors based upon a base case scenario. And of the five property types, industrial is estimated or um, expected to be the, the greatest total return of about 9% in 2020. Now that was prior to the whole event of COVID. However, uh, just the fact that um, e-commerce tends to be um, one of the beneficiaries of, um, of the COVID events, and the amount of retailing that's happening because of um, um, e-retail that's happening because of COVID, that will likely continue to uh, create further demand for um, industrial, industrial space. So it, it seems to be one of the more promising sectors going forward. Yeah, yeah, it seems so. And, and you mentioned um, office and uh, you know, a lot of us uh, uh, around the country are working from home and it seems like this is gonna bring out kind of the good parts of that and also the, the negative parts of that, especially uh, probably reduced production uh, but uh, what do you see that could be potential trends that come out for uh, uh, for office sector? Yeah, Michael, when you think about the, the office sector, um, it, it was performing quite well um, coming out of last calendar year and the early part of this calendar year. You know, pricing was up about 15%. Uh, volume was up about 5 to 6%. Rents were continuing to increase. Vacancies were solid. So when you, you have a good footing and, and sort of a good foundation for the start of the the uh, Corona time, as you say. Um, however, we've had a number of clients are very interested in, you know, a number of factors. And one of them is uh, working remotely and how to implement remote working and the, the uh, talent of the, you know, the future and how that's going to play out. And so there's a lot that plays into that. It's, it's sometimes not as, as easy and it's simple. Um, so there's technology related issues, there's data, access to data, who, uh, you know, where's that housed? Um, and, and all this kind of comes into play as to how much office demand might be going forward. Um, you know, it could turn out where administrative type tasks are done in offices because of uh, where, where we are with COVID-19 may change uh, compared to office users that need to be with their clients or need to be with their teams and have FaceTime um, may change as well. So, so I, I think this could, you know, impact office in a, in a, um, in a, in a certain way. Yeah. Well, it's certainly interesting to see uh, also what happens with productivity wise from folks, uh, you know, working at home. It seems like I hear some people suggest that, that they're more productive. Uh, but it seems like the majority of reports I hear that 
people kind of admit they're probably not as productive. <laughs> uh, it's like when I, I know if I get up in the morning and, and put on jeans and a golf shirt, my mind's probably you know, playing golf or something. I put on a suit and tie. My, my mission is to, to get with clients and help clients do well. Uh, so interesting. And one of the, the trends that um, has been evolving in office Matt is is you know the open space and the shared space and more people uh, per square foot in these office spaces. Um, I have always kind of pushed back on that uh, on my personal use. We have private offices uh, for our brokers, uh, maybe somewhat because I think each client's information should be confidential. And secondly, I'm a real germaphobe, <laughs> always have been. So. They have me in an open environment where somebody sneezes, uh, it's around me. That's not a work environment I like. As this corona time pass, pause passes and we get back into our offices, do you think that could impact trends uh, for office use? I, I do to, to limits uh, based upon you know, the business in which you're, you're trying to operate and use the space. Um, so we, we don't necessarily in our report study the, the details of office use particularly, but um, of, however, um, you know, just the fact that at times teams need to get together, they need to have FaceTime, there's confidential information in some businesses needs to be protected. Uh, so there's all these factors that come into play. You know, you, you alluded to uh, sensitivity to germs and, and, and I think that's one thing we're seeing a number of our clients um, interested in is you know compliance with some of the government um, regulations as it relates to social distancing and we're finding a lot of tenants uh, and and um, owners and clients are doing a number of things to to comply with that and and whether it's you know wiping surfaces more frequently and 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 um, and cleaning their spaces differently than they were prior to uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a great thing. I suspect that we'll see a, a reduction um, in problems with the flu moving forward. Hopefully, some of these trends for people to uh, be more cautious with with how they uh, wash their hands and, and what they touch. Uh, hopefully, we'll have less deaths uh, from that. Well, what else, Matt, would you leave us with related to, to your great report? And by the way, we'll put a link to the report uh, on our website at CRE. Uh, show.com uh, and uh, just look for the Deloitte report show with Matt and we'll have the link there. But Matt, when you, when you look at the report and you look at where we are today, March 26, kind of what jumps out to you to uh, think about moving forward? Well, a couple things. Uh, one, it seems to me that uh, when we get back to a normal sense, Michael, we're going to, you know, investors are going to probably have to make a decision whether or not they're going to invest more opportunistically or more safely um, and pick some property types and some investments um, accordingly. And, you know, as we were talking a bit earlier about the, the multifamily industrial performance being quite sound coming into this, uh, there's real likelihood that will be the case moving forward, sort of safe, but there's some non-traditional investments that uh, may be of interest to, to investors that are, um, you know, big data centers, cell tower uh, investments, so on and so forth. So those, those I think will be the safer route. Uh, so I think there's going to be a decision have have to be made by investors as to whether they want to go safe in quality or a little bit more opportunistic. 
Um, and, and there seems to be a, also a shift away from certain types of office segments uh, due to remote workforce uh, that may be permanent change. Um, the fact that industrial warehouse users with e-commerce need retailers will probably increase uh, based upon what we've seen so far. And then also the fact that uh, the impact of commercial uh, retail, uh, particularly as it relates to grocery stores, may have a, uh, a jump um, and an impact in uh, you know, food deliveries and so on and so forth. So I, I think those are some of the future kind of directional themes that we see um, playing out for commercial real estate. Uh, let's go back to the industrial or, or on, maybe you're talking about online um, companies. Uh, did you say they might need uh, retail retail locations? What, what did you mean there? Well, just the, the amount of industrial capacity that's okay. going to be needed, I think it will continue to be in demand okay. for e-retailers and e-commerce is uh, um, something that I think will be coming out of this you know, the, the effects of uh, COVID-19. Do you, do you see that there's uh, a lot of dry powder uh, out there for investing in, in commercial real estate after this Corona pause? Yeah, I think uh, as relates to, um, interestingly enough, I, I um, was on with a number of C-suite uh, executives from some of the major REITs yesterday. And it, it's really remarkable how, uh, they've driven not only liquidity in their business um, and being prudent about that, but I, the amount of capital that I would expect to be available to commercial real estate once these markets normalize would be expected. Yeah, oh, well, that's excellent. Well, Matt, thank you for joining us, sir. Great information, appreciate you being on the show. Hey, hey Michael, thanks for having me on your show. Um, hope that you stay healthy and, and uh, hope to, to do this again sometime. Will will do. Well, if you'd like more information, check out Matt Kimmel. He's the U.S. and global real estate advisory leader with Deloitte, and we'll have his contact information or his group's uh, contact information on, on the website. And let us know what you think. Uh, you think there's plenty of dry powder uh, in the market after my Corona time <laughs> quote here. Uh, thank you for sharing the show. Please connect with us on your favorite social media. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Have you seen the DNA of CRE? Well, it's a survey you can take about how commercial agents work day to day, their technology, their challenges, the systems, and a lot more about how commercial agents and their marketing people work. And you get access to the results. So take the survey, check out the results. You can find it at the show website, which is CREshow.com, and then look for the DNA of CRE. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. 
Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.